This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat post-game podcast, presented by Caddyshack Golf, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the second edition of the PowerCat post-game podcast, Tim Fitzgerald. In Manhattan, Brian Hanley, our football analyst, somewhere in Texas, just out there <laughs> roaming the cave of Texas. Kansas Burn State, 52, 52, Bowling Green, nothing, and another dominating performance by the Wildcats to open the Chris Kleiman era 2-0 and as they prepare to go to Starkville, Mississippi next week with a serious upgrade in competition when they play Mississippi State. The Powercat Postgame Podcast is sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. If you're coming to town for a game, head to Golf USA on Fort Raleigh Boulevard for your Caddyshack Golf gear and other tailgate and golf course needs. Brian, give me your quick thoughts on that performance that we just saw at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. You know, it was a dominant performance. Um, you know, the guys played well for the most part. Um, I saw some things out there that we're going to need to clean up. It wasn't near a clean a game as last week. Uh, and I'll be honest, I thought the team last week was better than this week. Yeah. Um, they definitely had a better quarterback. I mean, anybody with eyes could see that. Yeah. Um, and it was just the guys played well. I mean, he did the things. I like Malik that he came back this week uh, after the drops. I mean, that's key for you know a young guy that had some drops he played real played well yeah he did so see why he want they want him to be the go-to guy absolutely absolutely so it uh I, I thought the game was it was fine it was just one of those games where it looked like bowling green didn't even want to be there and we pounded them which is what we should do so yeah bowling green had an easy way last week in their opener um so a little disparity in competition between game one and two for for the falcons malik knowles had five catches for 99 yards and two touchdowns a really nice performance and skylar thompson the post game commented how malik made him look good at times this week and now you know trades back and forth some weeks you're going to make the quarterback look good and other times you're going to have some problems but malik certainly did play well but offensively once again the story of this game was running the football 58 times 333 yards kansas state used six different running backs in this game including two true freshmen that we saw for the first time uh it was really impressive what they did and of course james gilbert the senior transfer from ball state coach climate said after the game that 
that he's just kind of seems like a guy that's been in the program his entire career and not just six months. He's friends with everyone. He, he seems to have fit right in. And eight carries for 103 yards. That is an efficient day at the office. Jordan Brown broke off a 50-yard touchdown run. Gilbert had one for 51. Jordan Brown went four times for 64 yards. Um, impressive. This running game is impressive. And for the second straight week, I found I found this very interesting, and I want your thoughts on this. They struggled on their first couple running plays and looked like, uh-oh, they're loading the box and this might be problems. And then they just seemed to figure it out, and it just breaks loose. Yeah, you know, it, and sometimes that happens because I saw the same thing. And and sometimes it's just getting a feel for for certain guys that you're playing against, and, and that can be it. You know, it just looked like they – Okay, they kind of surprised them a little bit, and they said, "Okay, well, now this is what we need to do." They figured it out within themselves. I mean, the offensive line is gelling now. Granted, the competition is going to get better, but the offensive line is playing well. I don't care who we're playing against; they're playing well. They're moving people off the ball. They're getting a hat on a hat. So I saw the same thing, Tim, and it just looked like they figured it out. And sometimes that happens. I remember playing; it was just like you're playing against somebody, and they they would stop or they would do something that you didn't think they would do. It's almost like they surprise you. And then you just figure it out after that, and things go well. Freshman Jacardia Wright, 14 carries, 59 yards. Freshman Joe Irvin, 8 carries, 28 yards. A lot of talk about Irving in fall camp, and then it was Jacardia Wright, the first true freshman running back we saw this season. That young man's a load. He's a big yeah, he dude, is. and he's when he, he figures it out, he's going to be really, gonna be really he's my, good. Yeah, my wife even said she was watching on TV. She said, "Boy, he is really, really big to be a freshman." Said, "Yeah, he is." Yeah, that's a, that's the difference with some of these guys they brought in. They've already got Big Twelve bodies, which uh, I have never had in my life, so I can't relate to it. <laughs> um, Skylar Thompson, Me <laughs> yes, you did. Skylar Thompson uh, was efficient once again. He's 10 of 13, throwing the ball, two touchdowns, 151 yards, ran it a few times, three for, what, 26. He got sacked one time, which counts against his rushing yardage in college. He just keeps making good decisions. Gilbert pointed out that the 51-yard touchdown was on a check at the line of scrimmage, just as his touchdown was the week before. Skylar Thompson's put his senior running back in good positions. Yeah, it's just getting better and better. Uh, it's kind of what we said. He just picked up from last week and just he's just taking it to a different level. Um, you know, again, I, I, I the team is going to go as he goes and the offensive line goes. I, I know you could say that about anything, but in our case, that's going to be our bread and butter. I mean, we're going to run the ball, but we need a quarterback to play well. He's getting us in the right positions. It's it's really fun to watch. Now next week's gonna be that gonna be great. Yeah. I think next week is is gonna be a huge test and it's gonna be great. First time in school history, I, I believe I heard this right. I could probably flip through the notes real quick and double check it. That Kansas State has opened the season with two 500 yard plus offensive performances. I found that a little hard to believe, but they put up 521 in this game. Uh, just really impressive stats. Like I mentioned, they ran for 333. Here's a clincher, though. They had the ball almost 43 minutes of this game and <laughs> held, held Bowling Green to just 17. Their ability to convert third downs, perpetuate drives, is really amazing. Kansas State was 9 of 16 on third down and 2 of 2 on fourth down. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's making a huge, huge difference. They're just, you know, get, converting on third down and getting off the field. Right. You know, they're doing both. So, you know, when, you, when you're going to do that and you're going to do it consistently, plus we're running the ball. Right. It's one thing when you throw the ball and things of that nature all the time, but when you're running the ball and you convert on third downs, you're going to possess the time, you know, possess the ball more and keep your defense fresh. So, I mean, it's, it's an old adage. I know everybody says it but we're actually seeing it come to fruition and it works. I tell you what, Bowling Green, I almost felt sorry for them. They were 0 of 11 cool. third down conversions and 0 of 2 on fourth down conversions. They didn't convert a single third or fourth down in this game. And it's it's the new attitude of this uh, Scotty Hazelton uh, defense. They get up in your face and, and they're going to challenge you on third and fourth down. Uh, and it's worked so far against lesser opponents. I guess the real test will come here starting next week to see if they can continue to do that. But, you know, it's easy to give the offense credit for holding the ball for so long. But, heck, the defense, when they don't let you convert a third down, you're you're just – you're, you're going to lose. And it, you're going to lose. <laughs> K-State has been on the other side of that where they haven't converted enough third downs and, and they've uh, given up a lot of third down conversions. It is quite refreshing – to see them play an aggressive form of defense that is effective on third down, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's totally different than the past thing. Almost the, well, not almost, it was the bend, just don't break style. Hopefully they go down the field and make a mistake. And, you know, it's, it's getting back to just playing aggressive and causing the offense to make a mistake versus hoping that they make a mistake. Defenders like playing that way. They want to attack. They want to be aggressive. They want to dictate what's going on versus being dictated to. Because you're already being dictated to enough as a defensive player anyway. So you want to go out and cause havoc. So it's it's a different way. It's refreshing. The guys are having fun. And it's effective. We're playing well. I saw a lot of fits, Tim. I saw a lot of guys yeah. in plays. I know they broke a couple of runs. and, and But that's going to happen in a football game. I mean, you can't – I mean, nobody's never going to get any yards. I think people get excited sometimes when they see a guy break a run. It happens from time to time. A guy's going to get a 10- or 15-yard run. It just happens. But for the most part, we were where we were supposed to be. And that is all you can ask. Be where you're supposed to be. Play fast. Play well. And they're doing that. Well, considering that uh, Bowling Green had 140 yards of total offense on just 44 plays, last week Nichols ran 41. So 85 plays in two games. You can see that in the Big 12 in one game easily. That's right. Uh, And... They had a run of 19 yards and a pass of 34 yards. That's two plays right there and less than 100 on the other 42 plays. That's that's getting your work done. Uh, Yeah, it is. Did anyone in particular stand out to you on this defense today? You know, I was looking around, and it was was more of a collective effort. It wasn't just one person. It was just everybody was just doing what they were supposed to do. I mean, now, I know we talked about it. They couldn't complete a pass, and God bless the kid. They just they couldn't complete a pass to save their life. Every You saw guys that they weren't even really open. I mean, they were out there, but they just couldn't complete anything. Guys were recovering guys. We were just where we were supposed to be. It was everybody. Uh, I know that's an easy thing to say, but honestly, that's the truth. It was just guys were where they were supposed to be. 
Yeah, it was very impressive. Uh, Darius Wade, the Bowling Green quarterback, might want to find another position. Because he, he, yeah. he was 8 of 19 throwing the ball, and it felt so much worse than that. Yes. It's remarkable. He did have three nice completions of 23, 34, and 16. So while we're talking 73 yards out of three completions, his other five were six yards. <laughs> so they're almost like incompletions, but they went down as completions. So uh, it just wasn't a good day for that Bowling Green offense that was so prolific against Morgan State last week. They were far from that in this game. But to answer the question, there was no standout on defense, let's be honest. Their, no. their, their high tackler in this game was Daniel Green with four. Four. So that's spreading it out pretty good. And Daniel did have the first sack of the season, and he caused a fumble. So if you got to say someone, it's probably Daniel Green. And that's a really good sign because Daniel was one of the few guys the coaches called out after that week one that he was not getting his fits right. He wasn't playing very fast. And Daniel knew it himself. He said so. And he was so much more comfortable. And I had a nice long talk with him after the game that I'll share on the Sources podcast later in the week. But, uh, yeah, Daniel – you you kind of, you see the glimpses of why case right. so excited to get him. Uh, I think it's a good thing is you know when kids can understand when they're not doing something right. I mean, a lot of times we don't give kids enough credit for understanding you know because they're kids. But when kids actually know what's going on and they have a feel and they understand and they're you know what I wasn't doing my job the way that I was supposed to and come back and respond that way. I mean, that's that's all that we can ask. That's literally all coaches can ask. So it was really refreshing to see. A few injuries in the game. Walter Neal Jr. went down. They said he could have come back. But Wyatt Hubert apparently suffered a mild concussion, had his helmet taken away. That's worrisome. You're going to need him yes, for Mississippi is. State, but we'll see how he advances through the concussion protocol this week. The nice thing about Chris Kleiman is we'll know. He'll probably just go ahead and tell us. Devin Ample, right. the punter, had a leg cramp or something go wrong, but I think he's going to be just fine. In fact, I think he came back out and kicked off later in the game. Both punters had cramps in the game. I mean, I've never seen that a day in my life. That is- I've, been, I've been going to football games for 43 years. My dad took me from the time I was born. I've never heard of two punters getting cramps. Uh, you're right. That's the Bowling Green punter did cramp up. Yeah, of course, he had to punt nine times, so he was probably worn out. <laughs> It was crazy. He had a 44-yard average, so he earned his yeah, money. And that last one, he crushed it and then limped off the field. I'm like, man, this is insane. That's the way you go out, man. You crush the <laughs> limp off. See, I'm done for the day. I'm walking out on that one. Let's take a quick break right now on the Powercat Postgame Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. 
We return on the PowerCat post-game podcast from the WTC Gig Powered Studios here in downtown Manhattan. And the post-game podcast is sponsored by Caddyshack Golf, where you can find exclusive K-State golfware. Check out their complete collection exclusively at CaddyshackGolf.com. And that's Caddy with two Ts, CaddyshackGolf.com. Tim Fitzgerald joined by Brian Hanley, the Big B, the former K-State offensive lineman on those great 97 and 98 teams. You know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. This is Nichols and Bowling Green, but I kind of feel like um, some pride is coming back into the program. Not that, not that there wasn't pride in the program under Bill Snyder uh, this last ten-year stretch. I mean, they did win a Big Twelve title, but I felt like the program, in some ways, coaches, players, and fans were kind of going through the motions, and going through the motions just good enough to be a five hundred, you know, football team. Seven wins, five wins, six wins, somewhere in there. But right now, this team feels like they believe they can win ten. They believe they can be a power in the Big 12, and that has been missing. You can always tell when you're talking to kids when they really believe and when they don't. These guys walk in that that post-game press conference, and they believe they're a really good football team. Well, and it starts at the top, obviously. Um, It's just different. You know, I mean, anybody that's going to sit here and just bash Bill Snyder, uh, and I'm not saying you or anybody else is, you know, that you're going to be insane. You're insane for doing something like that. But it's just different. And every now and then, change is good. You know, change is good. And there's nothing wrong with change, you know, when it's a good thing. And this is just a good thing. A breath of fresh air has been pumped into the program. You know, it's almost like we got a reset button. And now we can go forward. Um, and I, I don't, it, it's just a good, a good vibe. And kids can feed off of that. Right. Kids can feed off of that. And they feed off of coaches enthusiasm, you know, things of that nature, you know, and, cause back when I played, we had younger coaches and the coaches were enthusiastic and we fed off of that yeah. through the years. The coaches got a little older. Well, kids are going to feed off of that too. So, you know, it's just a different way. And it's a breath of fresh air, and it's good to see that the kids are responding the right way. They sure are, and this next week is just a huge test for the Kansas State Wildcats. As we record this, Mississippi State is playing Southern Miss, so uh, we don't know the final score of that. We do know that West Virginia looked awful at Missouri. Um, oh, my goodness. And uh, Missouri lost last week at Wyoming, so that really makes me question West Virginia quite a bit. Uh, but sticking with the Wildcats, it. You know, I was really fearful of this Mississippi State test, you know, after what happened last season in Manhattan. Granted, Mississippi State lost a quarterback and a whole bunch of NFL players on that defensive side of the ball. But it's still a pretty good program. All of a sudden, maybe I'm reading too much into these two games. I feel like Kansas State is really going to contend to win down in Starkville next week. If Kansas State goes and plays, you know, a clean football game, that it's going to start there. And if they are doing the things that they need to do, when I say the things they need to do, for instance, have all the right fits on defense, guys being where they're supposed to be, you know, playing fast, offensive line, you know, not having any penalties, just going out and moving people, getting a hat on a hat. It's more, I mean, just having a hat on a hat, just even if you're not blocking somebody, if you're just in the way, you're doing something. Right. So, and, and the guys are doing it. If they go down there and do that, they're going to have a chance, you know, because if Skyler's going to play the way that he's been playing, we're going to have a chance. I, I don't, I, I was skeptical 
coming into the season, just like you, and after the first two games, I feel a heck of a lot better. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, the, the amount of confidence that this coaching staff has instilled in this team and belief in new systems, they really believe they're being given the uh, systems to win on both sides of the ball, and so far they're proving it. And it really looks old-school Kansas State when the game was over at halftime. And that's, right. happened, to, that's happened now and then under Coach Snyder 2.0, but not very often and certainly not back-to-back to open seasons uh, that I recall where they looked that good and that dominant. They they salted away Nichols in week one, 28 nothing, and then it was, uh, what, 31 nothing at halftime of this game, I think. Yeah, it was just two dominant performances, so. Yeah, I you know, I don't know where K-State fits into uh, this conference and, you know, looking across the Big 12, but I'm going to guarantee you right now this is not the ninth-place team in the conference as, as they were selected by the media in the preseason poll. They've got something Absolutely going not. here. They're going to face some adversity, but this feels really positive, doesn't it? It feels very positive. It just feels like the team knows that they're better. Kind of what you were saying yeah. earlier. They they know that they're a better team, maybe than what they put out last year, or maybe even better than what they thought. And now that they're having success again, two teams we were better than. So you got to keep that in perspective. But you know, you could also win these games twenty eight to twenty. Right. You know, and we're not doing that. So it's something to be said for that because we have done that in the past. Nope. So there's so, there's something to be said for that. I just, yeah, there's no way that we're going to finish unless something catastrophic happens, knock on wood. We're not finishing ninth in this conference, Tim. That's not happening. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, this team is uh, filled with confidence. They are accomplishing exactly what Chris Kleiman and offense coordinator Courtney Messingham want to accomplish on the offense side of the ball. They want to run. They want to do it with a number of running backs. They want to operate behind that big senior laden offensive line and wear down opponents. You know, I mentioned earlier in the first half of the podcast that running the ball early in the game didn't look great, but all of a sudden it just started working. And I feel like the more and more those guys keep leaning on the opposition and they did just some rotating on that offensive line to keep guys fresh. It just wears people out. And all of a sudden the running backs are just running free. This is built to be a fourth quarter team. They get you into the fourth quarter quarter and the game is close they're built to have you worn out we'll see next week if that works out yeah I think you're absolutely right you know the guys the offensive line for the most part they're just road grading people it's going to be different next week I mean we're not you know we're not just going to road grade over them or maybe we will you know I don't want to be the bearer of bad news and crush people's dreams at home you know who knows what's going to happen it's but it is going to be a tougher game I mean Mississippi State I mean I just watched them just briefly I mean they've got some athletes still plenty of them so and they got some big boys so it's going to be a tough game but i do expect us to go down there and compete and i go expect us to go down there and kind of do what we do and if we do things the right way and like i said if it's a clean game 
uh, I think we're going to have something here. Yeah, this is uh, a big opportunity for Kansas State. And I feel like uh, I would like to talk about this win over Bowling Green for about an hour, but there's not much to talk about. We covered the receivers, yeah, no. running backs, the quarterback, the offensive line. The defense was hardly on the field again. Special teams was, eh, it was okay. Some ups and downs to it. Uh, but right. uh, Kansas State is just taking care of business and, and becoming a better football team along the way. And, and Chris Kleiman, for everything that people want to say is so different from Bill Snyder, boy, when he's talking about getting better every day and just got to continue to get better each practice, maybe that's typical coach speak now, but it is straight out of the Coach Snyder coach speak. Absolutely. Well, and the thing about it, I mean, pretty good coaches are all the same when it comes to that, but the guys are getting better. I mean, so that's all you can ask. You know, they're, they're coaching. I know they're coaching their butts off and that's all we can ask. So guys are getting better. Teams playing hard, team playing fast. It's exciting. Um, they, again, they just came out with another dominant performance today. It was good. Bad team we played against, but you know what? You can't control that. So yeah, I agree. it is what it is. His name is Brian Hanley. He is Big B of the Let's Talk Ball podcast, ltbpodcast.com. Go check out his podcast, and he's part of the Go Powercat team as we follow Chris Kleiman's first season in Manhattan, Kansas. Kansas State defeats Bowling Green 52 to nothing to move to 2-0 and on the season. Up next is a trip to Mississippi State for an 11 a.m. kickoff in Starkville against the Bulldogs. And the two of us will convene after that game, just like we have the first two. And you will also join me on the pregame podcast as we really get into the nuts and bolts a little bit more than we have in the previous podcast. Because now there's a tangible opponent. You know a lot of you can find out a lot about them uh, and really kind of break them down. So I'll have you on later in the week with uh, the pregame podcast. Podcast, but partner, it's good talking about wins, isn't it? Absolutely. Keep okay. it going. That's it for this week from the WTC Gig Pirate Studios with the Powercat Post Game Podcast, sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf. You've been listening to the Powercat Post Game Podcast, presented by Caddy Shack Golf. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.